0: And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're just really glad you joined us.
1: Dr. Mintel, greetings on this glorious weekend. How's that for a greeting?
0: That's a great greeting.
1: Glorious weekend. Glorious. (laughs) Hope everyone is enjoying a great day today. Dr. Linda, you were on another radio show not too long ago, and the topic of... In laws came up. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) And apparently the phones were ringing off the hook, as they say, with questions and comments related to in laws.
0: You know what? It was so true, Chris. We couldn't get everybody on the air because people were calling in about their problems with their in laws. And so it was obvious that in laws and talking about that is a real hot button for many of us. And so we're going to spend a little time on this show and we're going to devote it to working on relationships with the in laws because. Whether you're married, whether you're thinking of getting married, or maybe you know someone who is married and is talking about their in-laws, this is an important show when it comes to really doing life together. Mm. Okay, so Chris, what comes to mind when we just hear the word, the in-laws?
1: How do you expect me to go on the radio and answer that question?
0: (laughs) Are your (laughs) in-laws listening right now? (laughs) They very
1: well could be. Um, There are some options here. Uh, I'm going to say frustrating. Frustrating. Okay. The the word frustrating comes to mind. What about you?
0: Well, a lot of people think of outlaws. Do you hear that? The (laughs) in-laws are the outlaws. Don't Mm -hmm. don't make them the outlaws. I think there's a lot of words like sometimes draining, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, irritating. I hear people say that sometimes simply awful, which in some cases is really negative. So we're going to hit a bunch of these today. And I would say for me. In-laws have been a challenging relationship. It took me a lot of time and a lot of effort to really work through some of the things. Now, again, these are not big things. Some people are dealing with really big things in their families like abuse and mental illness and alcoholism. I didn't really have that, but it took me a while to figure out a way to work with my in-laws. And I think a lot of it, honestly, is that I've matured in my own relationship with myself and my husband. And then I've gotten to know my in-laws a whole lot better. And one of the things that makes it really, I don't know if it's easy, but easier is that we share the same faith. Is that right. the case in your yes. case with the family? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know lots of people who they don't have in-laws who are Christians or share their faith.
1: I can't imagine going to uh, to Thanksgiving and sitting down to even pray knowing that there were people at the table who didn't adhere to the same faith values that you you have.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of people have that in their relationships, So that's a blessing if you've got them sharing the Mm -hmm. same type of faith that you have. But even so, everybody runs into a few problems. So we're going to spend this time together, and we're going to give you a few tips on how to work through those relationships and actually improve your relationship with your in-laws.
1: You know, these days we see a a number of negative portrayals of in-laws in the movies and on TV why is that?
0: I know. Is it, have you ever seen a movie that's been good about the law? No, they're terrible.
1: No. <laughs> they're always the the brunt of the joke. So uh, we did hit the street this week to ask people, what do you think is the biggest problem when it comes to dealing with in-laws? And you'll hear several answers to this question throughout the show.
0: I can't wait to hear what people have said. And I'm sure that the comments will be something that we can all relate to because this is just such a common thing. And you're right. All the movies are usually negative Mm, about the in-laws. And there have been some doozies over the years. (laughs) So I found this paragraph on a Fox News site, and I thought it it would be great. Listen to what they said families are like bodies that have been functioning for several years with the same hearts, liver, stomach, spleen, and various other parts. And like human bodies, they don't respond well to transplants. Mm, True. So the moment those new organs move in, in-laws, right? And they start to become a permanent fixture. The body's autoimmune system detects a foreigner and starts the process of transplant rejection.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get it out of here. (laughs) Well, you
0: know, isn't that kind of true about what families are like? Families are already kind of functioning systems and then these foreign people come in and it just throws everything off kilter.
1: That's a great analogy. It
0: is, isn't it? I like that.
1: Right. Well, before we head out and about and uh, hear what some of our listeners had to say, why is this relationships with the in-laws so difficult and problematic?
0: Well, we kind of touched on it because you've got these two family systems. First of all, you've got two people who marry, and they're essentially bringing two different families together. Mm. And each spouse is sort of a representative from his or her own family, don't you think? Right. And so they bring the their <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. They're coming out of their family, but they're bringing those two families together yeah. and they bring with them expectations about how things are supposed to go. Everything from how you're supposed to deal with finances, maybe how you react to stress, how you parent, how you deal with anger, and all those things that we learn in our original families growing up. And so it's two people with two different types of families coming together and then trying to figure out how they're going to do life with each other.
1: Hmm. Well, here's what one of our listeners had to say. So I think the biggest problem about in-laws is you don't know anybody, and you're getting into a brand-new family and a brand-new system, and you kind of have to learn the rules. And with my in-laws, I learned that the rules were you're allowed at the table, and you had lots of conversation, and in my family, it was very quiet. So I had to quickly learn the rules of the new family system so that I fit in, and pfft, Boy, did I ever. (laughs) Did he fit in or did he?
0: (laughs) You know who that is, don't you? It sounds
1: familiar. That's somebody
0: we know who's talking. Yeah. Yeah, he actually did figure that out.
1: So he figured out how to fit in with the in-laws. Okay. Are we aware of the fact that we have different ideas and rules or or do we just react to the differences?
0: See, I think that's the issue. We just sort of react to things and Mm -hmm. we're really not going into it thinking at least I didn't have this conversation with my husband. Did you have this conversation with Sharon? Hey, we have two very different families. Let's talk about what's different with your family and what's different <laughs> with my family and then where we could possibly have a problem. Oh,
1: that would have been such a great <laughs> <Yes>. idea. <laughs> I actually try to
0: do that in premarital work with couples right. because I think it's ha- helpful because – I think you're right, Chris. We just sort of react to things, Mm -hmm. and we're not thinking about how these different expectations could create problems for people.
1: Well, you wrote a blog on this topic recently, and you said it's more than just learning the rules because you have to learn, this is the key word, the culture to the new family as well. What did you mean by that?
0: Well, for instance, I was raised in a German household, and my parents believe in hard work. That's part of their German background. Cleanliness, that is next to godliness in (laughs) a German household. They believe in order and a lot more. So, in fact, when I was dating, one of the things that my dad always looked at was the guy's car. I think I mentioned this on another show. That he would look and see if that car wasn't clean, he really didn't want me to go out with that person because he Mm. figured if the guy can't take care of his car... He's not going to take care of my daughter. Right. And so in a German household, this was, again, part of that culture is that he wanted that cleanliness and orderliness to be part of whoever it was I was going to date. So I think that's a really good example of that. So we do have to look at the cultural aspects of the person we're marrying. And obviously... If there's a lot of similarity, it's a little bit easier. But if you marry someone with a very different cultural background, Mm -hmm. very different way of handling things, very different religious background, or maybe no religious background at all, it's going to be a whole lot harder for you when you get together. So be sensitive to the culture of the family that includes the in-laws.
1: Another strategy that you mentioned in the blog was to develop code words as a couple. To help you uh, manage the in-laws. Do
0: you have those kind of code words with each other?
1: They've been misunderstood so, so many times. <laughs> they it have. creates havoc, so we don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> well, we have kind of have this. It's kind of a look sometimes of, okay, mm. here's that thing that we know is going to be a hot button. <laughs> but we have these code words where we either sort of change the conversation or we try, Now we try to always be respectful but we right. might look at each other give a code word change the conversation or we know we might have to assert ourselves and say something at that moment the point is that you should be having those conversations about what those problem areas are going to be ahead of time mm-hmm. and then you can kind of give each other codes to say we got to stop this or we have to directly confront this
1: The topic of today's show is getting along with the in-laws, and we've got lots of information on this topic, and we will hear more when we get back on the Dr. Linda Mental Show.
0: Threats of war, racial tension, divorce, natural disasters. If you are like me, sometimes I just have to turn off the news and remind myself that there is actually good in our world. It's so easy to listen to all the bad news and become worried. Worried about the future, about the Middle East, crime, finances health family problems and you know so it goes but scripture tells us to take those worried thoughts captive to be anxious about nothing that is one of the reasons i wrote letting go of worry i didn't want worry to grip so many of us and cause us to lose our peace so the next time you hear bad news remind yourself to take those anxious thoughts captive if you need help doing so Letting Go of Worry is a good resource and will walk you through the steps to living in peace and contentment.
1: Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mental. available on her website, drlindamental.com and online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Just a reminder that Dr. Linda has written a number of blogs on the topics of our shows and you can read them by going to her website drlindamental.com and you can follow her on social media as well she tweets and puts lots of interesting articles on Facebook and she does a few fun things on Instagram as well go to her website for links and social media and get connected well Dr. Linda we're talking about in-laws today and do you think that one of the problems is that we just don't know our in-laws all that well
0: I really do. There's a lot of misunderstanding when you don't know people, right? Mm. You hear something, you're really not sure what they mean by that. So the way you get to know them is to spend time with them. Now, does that make people feel scared when I say that, that you need to spend time with your in-laws? <laughs> but how else are you going to get to know them, Chris?
1: In many it, ways, it's like driving a, a square peg in a round hole. It can be uncomfortable. Mm. You do have to shave edges off to, in order to... uh to fit.
0: Yeah, but how else do you get to know somebody if you don't? So I'm going to just suggest that if you're really struggling, try to find some activity that you can do together, something that maybe would be enjoyable if if you want to not maybe a lot of talking in something. <laughs> maybe do something active with your in-laws. And then just listen to the stories. Ask them questions about their childhood. And in the end, you could actually get to know them and find out, hmm, maybe I have a lot more common ground with these people than I thought I did.
1: Uh, I've got friends who have noticed desire to do that really and that makes
0: me sad when i hear that what about would your friends just consider asking them about their childhood or what their experiences were like growing up have they ever tried that as a way to get to know them
1: it seems like once they sense the the the, tension yeah it's like that's going on that's enough yeah oh
0: well that's not a good way to start to make things better so
1: they avoid their in-laws as much as possible they don't want to live near them anything like that. But you're saying that if we don't get to know them, then more problems can arise just because we don't know how they think or how they believe.
0: Right. So again, you know, we have more tension and conflict with people we don't understand, people Mm. we don't spend time with, and people who maybe we've just had some negative interactions. Think about work. Mm. When we don't know people very well, we've had maybe one or two negative interactions. Right. We have a hard time being around them. So I know it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to push people to say, try to find some fun activity, and do that with your in-laws to try to get to know them a little better. Okay, I won't get a lot of popularity on that one, I'm sure. (laughs) Send me emails.
1: (laughs) However, what if your in-laws attack and criticize?
0: Which I know is a problem that a lot of people called in about when we had the call-in part. Mm -hmm. One of the things is you have to have courageous conversations with them. Right. And I'm calling them courageous because when they criticize or they attack you, you really do, as a couple, need to say to them, look, that's not really appropriate. And I'm going to suggest that the person who is the adult child of that family. So if it's like you, mm. you talk to your parents, if it's your parents who are criticizing right. you know, you as a couple. But this requires you to put some boundaries on and to really talk about hard things. And again, I think people like to avoid that. They'd rather just not spend time than even try to work it out. But that's not biblical and we want to try to get help people work things out in their relationships. How about
1: this Thanksgiving I'm just not going over.
0: I know. So see, avoidance doesn't solve anything and it doesn't it continues that whole feeling of resentment and maybe even people are walking around with a lot of unforgiveness. Right. So those are two things you don't want to carry with you and as we always talk about especially later on in the show, those are things that are not pleasing from a biblical standpoint, either, to hang on to resentment and unforgiveness. So I think we have to not allow those things to fester, and as best we can, try to deal with some of those things, even if you feel hurt.
1: What happens when your spouse is upset and he or she criticizes the in-laws?
0: Yeah. First, you don't want to criticize your spouse's relationship with his or her parents. It's just mm. not a good idea because what happens when the, when somebody does that?
1: Blood is thicker than water, yeah. as they say.
0: Yeah. And you just <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you really just get defensive, right? right. The person mm. just gets defensive. So again, try to think about, okay, what's going on in that family system that he or she came from? And why do the people in that family behave the way they do? And dig into their their life a little bit and maybe again just try to be a little bit more grace-filled when there's something that you don't like but criticizing that your spouse's parents is just going to make everybody feel bad so instead try to think of some solutions what would you like to see how could you maybe improve things that means again you might have to bring up the topic of criticism and ask those parents not to do that have you ever gone to your in-laws and actually said um, this is really upsetting to us. Please don't say anything or had your wife actually do that. Uh, that's hard, isn't it? Yeah,
1: that's a tough one. We, we've we approached each other's in-laws, but, but I can't remember the dynamic.
0: Yeah, I've, we Norm and I have done that, and it's a mm-hmm. really hard conversation. Yep. People start to get upset and they cry. But in the end, mm-hmm. we usually end up solving the problem and things get better.
1: So you would say, lose the criticism. Mm -hmm. and work together to confront tough problems sounds like a difficult but a very necessary step.
0: I'm fortunate to have amazing in-laws. They don't meddle in my marriage at all. I think that's because they realize that once their daughter
1: was married, she has a new family unit. Wow. Ooh, there's a hot one.
0: Yeah, that's really great.
1: Meddling in the relationships. In-law conflicts get more complicated when a spouse seems to side with his parents or her parents and against His spouse's parents or his spouse or her spouse. The spouse feels outnumbered or ganged up on. In fact, one of our listeners had this to say. In my opinion, the biggest drawback to the relationship with in-laws would have to be if the husband hasn't completely done leave and cleave with his mother and his father. Then there's an interruption between the husband and the wife and that relationship that should be God-centered has a fraction in it. And therefore, their communication and their relationship and all of that has this edge to it that has never caused them to be a complete union.
0: Wow, that's mm. pretty insightful. Yeah. So what she's saying is it's not so much an in-law problem as a marital problem.
1: Yeah, sounds like the guy.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs>
1: <You're> ready to play. <laughs> yeah, got a problem
0: in both times. Both this comment and the positive comment we had. Both of those were about leaving and cleaving Mm. and creating your own family union and then trying to deal with yourself as a couple with your in-laws. And so that's just really important. You can't be real dependent on your parents and you can't keep being pulled in by your parents against your spouse. So that needs to be stopped and talked about. So when there's a problem that way, you and your spouse need to get together as a team and say, hey, we're a unit. Stop Mm. pulling us in to these other issues.
1: All right, well, let's talk about Control. This listener thinks control is a major problem. Okay, there's a one word come to mind. It's control. I mean, when the inlaws come in your house, they want to rearrange the furniture. So that's the something that really, really irritating.
0: <laughs> I've never had my inlaws on a rearrange my no. furniture. Have you? Wow, that is kind of controlling, isn't it?
1: That would probably be over the line enough to say. You're out of here. (laughs) Yeah, they couldn't see what
0: you were doing. You were gesturing that. Oh, my goodness. Well, we shouldn't be laughing because that's probably one of the most common problems. It is one of the most common problems with in-laws. It's when they try to control what you're doing. And control can be in many places, including the kitchen. (laughs) Listen to what one listener said about the kitchen. One of the biggest problems is my life and trying to navigate life with the in-laws is understanding the politics of the kitchen. Because it's her home, and when we go for holidays, how do I fit in? Do I load the dishwasher the way that she likes? Do I help her, or do I hinder her? So I'm really trying to come alongside my mother-in-law and understand how I can be a blessing to her and avoid the conflict, especially at holidays.
1: But what lady in the kitchen doesn't want help? Well, <laughs> it would seem You could put the, the plates in upside down as far as that goes, but...
0: Oh, no, you heard her say the politics of the Ah, kitchen. I love that because it's like who's going to be in charge and who's running the kitchen. It's like the chef and the sous chef. Mm -hmm. One's got to be in charge, right?
1: Speaking of the holidays, let's talk about the holidays because that seems to bring this issue of control front and center as both families may be pulling to have you at their home. My biggest problem when dealing with my in-laws is the holidays. My in-laws want us to come
0: every other holiday so... If we spend Thanksgiving with them one year, we have to spend Christmas with them the other year, but it doesn't always work out. And then there's a bunch of drama and all of that mess. (laughs) Boy, I can tell you so many couples have to deal with that, trying to figure out where do you go on vacations, where do you go on the holidays. I personally know people who just go on vacation and don't even try to deal with their families right, yeah. during the holidays. But that, again, makes me feel sad because I want to be with my extended family on the holidays. So figure it out ahead of time. Make some rules about what you're going to do. And then just tell your families how it's going to go.
1: Well, it's been a fun topic so far. But when we come back, we'll listen to what more listeners have to say about getting along with the in-laws. And we'll also go to the Word of God on the Dr. Linda Mental Show.
0: Mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I love my mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamental.com or online where books are sold.
1: You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Radio Show. We want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's books and blogs on this topic And on her other topics as well. You can follow her on social media Twitter at Dr. Linda Helps, Facebook Dr. Linda Mental Author and Speaker, and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, and
0: Those are all three different ones, aren't they? That's they hard are. for everybody to remember.
1: Seems like if you just Google Dr. Linda Mental,
0: <laughs> Just go to the yeah. website, then you can just click on the icon. That's probably the easier thing to do.
1: Right. Let's see. Let we'll me write all those down. Oh, I've got them right here. No, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> right. We're talking about getting along with your in-laws on this program. And, and one topic that always comes up is the the problem of boundaries. And this is what this listener had to say.
0: So one of the things that could present as an issue in a marriage amongst in-laws is the barriers and boundaries between the parents and their children juxtaposed against the involvement grandparents wish to have.
1: Yeah. So imagine this. Your daughter-in-law shows up unannounced at your house, Dr. Linda. Grandkids in tow because, hey, the kids really wanted to see you right now. And she stays even if it's clear that you are busy. Or your son-in-law assumes you'll watch the kids before he even asks.
0: I know. So there you go. That's that whole boundary thing. So Dr. Phil has a great little say- saying on this. He says, mm-hmm. good fences make great neighbors. Right. Okay. <laughs> so your in-laws need to be good neighbors, right? hmm So this means you've got to lay out expectations again. You've got to give them some boundaries. In-laws can be like exuberant puppies. <laughs> You know, they could be real excited about seeing you and they really want to connect with you and they they're not always aware of your needs and what's going on with you. So it's great to acknowledge the good about what they're wanting to do, that they want to see the grandkids. But you might want to just add to that. But it would really be helpful if you would call first Hmm. or inform us ahead of time. So, again, tell them what it is you would like or expect.
1: That's almost just a respect thing in and of itself.
0: I know, but a lot of people are afraid to say anything and they just get mad. Don't you think? They just get (laughs) mad. And and then they complain to their spouse, you know, and then we said, don't do that. Instead, confront them in a nice way.
1: Well, we have uh, reached the uh, final segment of the show here, Dr. Linda. So let's focus on building a healthy relationship with our in-laws.
0: So one of the complaints I've heard in therapy, Chris, is that the in-laws sometimes want to be called mom or dad, and sometimes people are afraid to do that. They don't like to do that. They're uncomfortable with that. So even if you think, I want my daughter-in-law to call me mom, for example, and she's really uncomfortable with that, allow her to kind of work at it at her own Mm. speed. I I don't think it's good to push things onto people, but rather say, well, you know, when you're comfortable, you call me whatever you want to call me because you're my daughter-in-law, and you're married to my son, and that just makes me happy. So do what makes you feel comfortable. And hopefully over time, that will start to develop in a maybe a more intimate way.
1: My wife comes from the South. I still call her parents Mr. and Mrs. You do? Mm-hmm.
0: Is that a Southern thing? I
1: think so, yeah. Okay. It just, it just worked from the very beginning.
0: I do know people who do yeah. that, but I, in the north where I, where I grew up, it was pretty much mom and dad right from the get-go. Huh. But not everybody's comfortable with that. So right. I think you need to just kind of work with your in-laws about that.
1: What about unsolicited advice? I mean, it usually comes across as criticism.
0: Yeah, so even when your advice comes from a place of love, chances Mm -hmm. are you're going to be heard as threatening (laughs) to (laughs) your in-law, right, your daughter-in-law. Sometimes it feels like you're threatening their authority or you're challenging their role as a mom or caretaker of the family. So according to researchers, their advice is, I don't know if you like this, bite your tongue. And if your tongue is bleeding too much from biting it, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, you know you need to start doing some positive comments. you mm. know just you might want to say something like well, i'm just curious to learn more about your philosophy on parenting, for instance." Mm. And ask them to talk a little bit about what they think and then let them answer. And if it seems that the person's a little bit open to discussion, then you're here again, here's how you talk and you get to know the person a little bit better. But if they seem offended, you're going to have to go back to biting your tongue again.
1: I'm used to that. Do <laughs> You've done that a lot. Biting. Right. Yep. <laughs> this is especially true what you're saying uh, when dealing with parenting issues. Don't criticize the parenting if you are the in-law,
0: I know that is one that I've heard people mm. are upset about often, and you really have to tread lightly if you're in the in-laws. Even questions can come across as judgmental when in-laws are questioning certain parenting practices. Um, They're going to be difference in how your daughter-in-law, for example, was raised in um, her house, and then the way she wants to raise her children versus maybe how you did it. So, if you're the in-law, you really need to recognize this. Uh, Lots of things are said from a place of love, but they still can be somewhat insulting to the person who's receiving them. So it's better to focus on the things that you appreciate and even just focus on the grandkids a lot of the time.
1: You know, Dr. Linda, it's important, even though it can be hard, to uh, honor our parents, our in-law parents, too. That's what Exodus tells us to do.
0: Right. So honoring your in-laws does not mean you just submerge all your own feelings, your own desires, your own preferences and needs in the service of doing everything their way. That's Mm -hmm. not necessarily honor. It also doesn't mean that you must permit them to disrespect or control or manipulate you for their own selfish ends. And it also doesn't mean that you have to obey all their requests or requirements, which in some cases can make you feel a little crazy, right? But it does mean that you have to treat them with the utmost respect and that you need to be diplomatic when you say no to something. Let your in-laws be in a place of honor, even if you're having difficulty with them, Chris. I would say that even with difficult ones who manipulate or you feel like they're controlling you or they're doing inappropriate things, you need to show them your Christian love. So there are times that you have to speak the truth in love as we've been talking about this whole half hour and there are other times you need to let it go and you need to offer grace. So hopefully that's a few tips. I hope we've helped a little bit with dealing with your in-laws. I know there's a lot of issues we didn't even get to touch. We had mounds and mounds of ideas that we were going to hit on this, so maybe we'll have to revisit this category again.
1: You wanted me to talk about my in-laws, and I said, no. No,
0: that's right. Well, listen, that's all the time that we have for today on this show, and many thanks to our producer, Norm our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel. Who makes this show a conversation? From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.